On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks are back in action tonight with a lovely 9 p.m. start time as they're out west taking on the Anaheim Ducks. Then I'll also be getting into the comments made by Dylan Strom and Calvin DeHaan following the NHL trade deadline. And then to wrap things up, I'll also provide a couple of updates on a few Blackhawks prospects that are taking part in the NCAA college hockey tournament. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. It'll literally take a quick click of the button. It'll help me out tremendously. Go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And you can also leave me a review. Best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then definitely be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Because from here on out, folks, each episode is going to have a video version attached to it as well if you haven't gotten the memo already. Uh, So definitely be sure to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I'm closing in on 100 subscribers. I'd really appreciate all the support. Go and smash the like button as well if you can. Uh, And be sure to turn on those push notifications as well so you can be notified when the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone, as always. Thank you for tuning in to Another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks, your daily source for Chicago Blackhawks news. And tonight, the Chicago Blackhawks are finally back in action. They had the last uh, two days off, and they're now currently out west getting prepared to take on the 27-27-11 Anaheim Ducks, who are one of the biggest sellers, if not the biggest seller, during uh, the NHL trade deadline. Anaheim parted ways with defenseman Josh Manson and Hampus Lindholm, which I figured was going to help set the market for Calvin DeHaan. That, of course, didn't end up happening. Uh, but the Ducks also parted ways with Nick Delorier, sending him to the Minnesota Wild, uh, as well as Ricard Raquel going to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for quite a haul. But overall, with the moves that the Ducks made uh, at the deadline, they certainly put themselves in a really good spot moving forward because in exchange for all of those players that I just mentioned, the Ducks netted a first round pick, three second round picks, a third round pick, plus Dominic Simone, Zach Aston Reese, and prospect Drew Hellison. So um, overall, while the Ducks have uh, essentially thrown in the towel on this season here, even though they're only eight points back of a playoff spot, Still would probably take uh, a massive run for them to get in with the Western Conference being so competitive right now. 
Um, so while they did throw in the towel for this season, basically saying, hey, look, we don't think we're going to be able to make a run. Um, they did a pretty darn good job of netting future assets in return. And seeing what they were able to get, I mean, all those draft picks plus players and a prospects in return, I mean, um, it kind of makes me wish Kyle Davidson and the Blackhawks were a little bit more aggressive in the past uh, couple of days. I understand that. And, and it was cool to read uh, an article from Michael Russo and a couple of other Blackhawk sources now about how um, with this being Davidson's first trade deadline, uh, he probably didn't want to look like a pushover in the eyes of other GMs and kind of wanted to set a precedent for himself moving forward that he's not someone to budge on exactly what he wants. And, you know, well, I do respect the hell out of that. And I like Davidson kind of setting that mentality for himself going forward that other GMs are like, hey, we're not going to be able to take advantage of this guy. Well, I respect the hell out of that. I still, I mean, I still really do wish he flipped both Dominic Kubelik and Calvin DeHaan for a couple of more draft picks because seeing what other teams were able to get for, you know, uh, especially in the defenseman market, I mean, the defenseman market was really high. Calvin DeHaan was rumored to be garnering interest from a couple of teams. Um, so even though, you know, maybe Davidson wasn't getting offered exactly what he wanted, I still just don't really understand keeping them on for the remainder of the year, only to likely lose them in free agency come the summertime. Um, so that's my only issue I had with Davidson at the deadline. The deals he did make, I thought they were all fantastic. Um, and again, I, I do respect Davidson for standing his ground and setting that precedent going forward. I think that is going to help him in the future, but I still definitely think um, the Blackhawks could have garnered a few more assets than we got at the deadline. Anyhow, tonight, this is going to be a meeting between uh, two sellers uh, out in Anaheim. Interestingly enough, uh, I already mentioned this is going to be a 9 p.m. Central Time puck drop here in Chicago, which is always great. Love watching meaningless hockey until midnight and then having to record a podcast after. Um, but this game is also going to be nationally televised on TNT, which should be interesting, as I said, between two teams who uh, clearly don't have all that much interest in winning games right now. Um, but this is going to be the final matchup of the season between these two teams. Quick second, folks. Need my energy drink here today. The final meeting between these two teams. Um, and in the previous two matchups, the Blackhawks won each, outscoring the Ducks by a total of 11-3. to They had a 3 nothing win back on uh, January 15th, I believe it was. And then, of course, they also had that 8-3 to win at the United Center not too long ago, which we saw uh, a career night out of Patrick Kane. He tallied a career-best six points. Alex Brinkett also added four assists, and Dylan Strom netted his second hat trick of the season. So uh, hopefully the Blackhawks will be able to keep taking it to the Ducks like we've seen this season. And also hopefully uh, the top line will be able to pick up right where they left off uh, once again here tonight, taking on a Ducks team that's also lost six games in a row. They haven't won a game since the last time they met up with the Blackhawks. And they've also lost eight of their last 10. So a big opportunity for the Hawks to get back into the W column, even though they may not want to be doing so right now. Uh, but as a quick, as for a quick prediction as to the rest of the Blackhawks lineup, I already mentioned, pretty darn sure we're going to see Alex Dabrinkit, Dylan Strom, and Patrick Kane as the top line. I think that will set up uh, Dominic Kubalik, Jonathan Taves, and Taylor Radish 
to go as the second line. We saw that in practice yesterday with the Hawks uh, traveling out to Anaheim. And they were also together in Sunday's performance uh, against the Winnipeg Jets, where they had a pretty good performance in particular for Taylor Radish, uh, recording his first goal with the Blackhawks and also adding an assist. So hopefully they'll be able to keep that up as a trio here tonight. That sets up Philip Kurashev, Kirby Doc, and Sam Lafferty to be the third line for the Blackhawks. Kurashev, of course, scored his first goal in seemingly forever uh, to make things interesting there in the third period. And then I think the fourth line, we're going to see Boris Kachuk, who I'm really excited to see more out of. He's had his chances so far. He's brought the physicality. And even though he's playing, you know, 10 to 11 minutes a night, I really think he's made the most of those so far. And I think he'll be skating with Reese Johnson, fan favorite. I know (laughs) plenty Blackhawks fans out there are so thrilled with Reese Johnson being back up in the lineup. Um, And then I think Mackenzie Entwistle is going to be playing on the right wing to round out the Blackhawks forward group. Henrik Borgstrom seems pretty darn likely to be the healthy scratch up front. He hasn't done anything in forever. Even when he does play, Derek King's given him like five to six minutes. So doesn't seem to be trusted upon by the coaching staff at the moment. And I really expect it only to be, uh, well, obviously he's not going to get traded at this point, but I, I don't think Henrik Borgstrom is going to be playing many more games as a Chicago Blackhawk in his career. Uh, and then on defense, I think we're going to see the same six that we saw on Sunday with the Jones brothers, uh, McCabe, Dahan, Stillman, and then Alex Vlasic. There's just no reason for Eric Gustafson to be in the lineup at this point. Literally, what does the guy provide us? Absolutely nothing. Definitely give guys like Stillman, uh, who's kind of had a rough go of it lately, but he needs to get more opportunities. Same with Alec Vlasic. Uh, I'd honestly like to see Vlasic's ice time get up a little bit more than we've seen in recent games. Um, On Sunday, he only had two shifts in the third period. Listen, I know we're trying to come back and win. Uh, I know the mentality in the locker room is still to be winning, but you got to be thinking about the future. Alex Vlasic should probably be playing more than six to seven minutes a game at this point. Um, So, ooh, excuse me. Expect to see Eric Gustafson probably as uh, the odd man out on defense tonight. And then that's going to set up uh, Kevin Lankinen, I think, is going to be the starter for the Blackhawks out in Anaheim this evening. Um, And he's going to be heading into the stretch, of course, as the new starter for the Chicago Blackhawks. And Derek King talked about this yesterday. It's going to be a mammoth opportunity for Lankin in the rest of the way because uh, he hasn't seen a whole lot of action with Flurry being here and uh, with Flurry also being one of the reasons the Blackhawks have probably half of their wins so far this season. So now Lankin's going to get an opportunity where he knows he's the guy. He knows he's going to be getting a lot of starts going forward. Uh, and I really am interested to see how this is going to kind of affect the Blackhawks' plans for Lankin and going forward with he being an unrestricted free agent once we hit the summer as well. All right, there is a quick preview of tonight's meeting against the Anaheim Ducks. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into some of the comments made by Blackhawks players Dylan Strom and Calvin DeHaan following Monday's NHL trade deadline. But first, I need to talk to you all about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you can get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, which is why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers you the flexibility that you need in order to easily customize your order online or on the HelloFresh app. You can easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and your plan size. 
and warm yourself up from the inside out with limited time recipes like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue, which I actually, HelloFresh sent me a sample of it recently. I got to try and it was really darn good. Um, as well as the, uh, the, the miso sesame shrimp and beef ramen, bacon ramen, excuse me, for all the ramen lovers out there. I know you're going to love that as well. And for a limited time offer, go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the promo code LockedOn16, one word, for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. You heard that right, folks. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the promo code LockedOn16 to get up to 16 meals for free as well as three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks, getting into segment two now today. I also wanted to be sure to get into the comments that we heard yesterday uh, from Dylan Strom and Calvin DeHaan when speaking to the media about the NHL trade deadline and everything that went down. Um, first, it was another classic Calvin DeHaan moment after uh, seemingly dodging a trade for the, the third or fourth time in his career as a Blackhawk. I mean, it's like every offseason, every trade deadline for the last few years. Calvin DeHaan's name has been brought up, but here he is still in Chicago, uh, and it was kind of funny. DeHaan's just got such a great sense of humor. He tweeted out uh, the other day on Monday saying, sorry, fans, still here with the laughing face emoji. Uh, And then also when speaking to the media yesterday, DeHaan did talk about how he expected to be traded like I think 99.9% of us did. It seemed like he was not even halfway out the door. He was all but out the door with like, his last pinky toe hanging in there. Um, and also he, he talked about how he really just spent the entire day uh, playing Xbox. There wasn't really much he could do. He was kind of just waiting for the call, which of course uh, never wound up coming. Um, so just funny to hear DeHaan, you know, continue to not take these situations too seriously, right? He's always a guy that um, is lighthearted and um, doesn't, you know, really stress over things that he can't control. But it was interesting to hear DeHaan kind of talk about how he would consider re-signing. Excuse me one second, folks. Uh, DeHaan talked about how he would consider re-signing with the Blackhawks following the season, even though he's been through a lot. And I don't know if that's really a realistic path for Chicago with all the young defensemen that they have coming up in the system right now. but, you know, per usual, DeHaan, you know, he, he says all the right things. He's always a good sport. Uh, he's always been an awesome dude. Uh, and, and, like, when you go and watch him at practice, he's probably having more fun than anyone out there. And it's always great because, <laughs> obviously, he's not a goal scorer. He only has one goal in each of the last four seasons he's played in. Um, but when he scores a goal in practice, he's always letting out a huge, like, celebration and having fun with it. Like, Calvin DeHaan is probably my favorite player to go watch at practice because he's always having such a good time. Um, but it was interesting to hear, you know, like after everything he's been through, all these trade talks the last couple of years, he sees the stuff on Twitter where fans are saying, oh, he, he's got to go, you know. Um, so I thought it was interesting to hear him say um, how he would consider signing with the organization, even though I, I don't really seeing that be, uh, see, I don't see that being all that likely. And DeHaan said, you know, uh, even though there's been like a dark cloud over the organization all year long, behind the scenes, you know, the Blackhawks have treated him really well. And 
his family's always been catered to and, and taken care of and, and been treated really, really good as well, um, which, which, you know, is really important aspects uh, of this game, even though it, it's been a nightmare in terms of how the organization has handled things this year. It's nice to at least hear that the players are, are getting respect and still getting treated well. Um, so even though Dehan, it's not seeming all that likely that he's going to be back. It was interesting to hear that, you know, he said he would consider resigning here in Chicago because of how well they've treated his family. He said that's a big influence to him and what he's going to want to do this summer. And he also said, you know, even though he's a UFA teams still have to want to call him, you know, it's not like he's going to be, it's not necessarily going to be like his choice or he's going to have multiple different options. There's a lot of things up in the air. So he's kind of going to treat these final 20 games or so for the Blackhawks as, as his own little mini tryout for what's to come in the summer. Uh, and then also Dylan Strom spoke with the media yesterday too. And kind of like all of us leading up to the deadline, I think um, Strom said he really had an inkling feeling that he wasn't going to be dealt, you know, with his recent progression and also like the trade talks, you know, dying down involving his name seemingly at a time where they'd probably be ramping up the most if the Hawks were willing to trade him. Um, but interestingly enough, after this season, it still seems like Strom's future is up in the air in Chicago, even though they decided to keep him through the deadline. Um, because in a recent article by Scott Powers of The Athletic, he talked about how uh, the Blackhawks front office, they're kind of in between a rock and a hard place on what to do with Strom, you know, due to his age and his contract situation. Uh, and also, you know, with the Blackhawks heading into a rebuild, do they really want to be winning? And a guy like Strom, with the way he's been producing on that top line, he probably helps their chances of winning games. Um, but they're also concerned about his play without the puck on his stick and his speed. Um, so it, for several different reasons, Strom still does not sound like he's a guarantee to be back with the Chicago Blackhawks this season. And Strom actually talked about how he's aware of this situation. He even told uh, Scott Powers that he read his recent article where he said, uh, he may not be around past this season. So um, even though he made it through the deadline, Strom still doesn't seem to be safe by any means right now, which again, brings me to the question of if the Blackhawks are having concerns about his future with this team, then why weren't they more aggressive with him heading up to the deadline? Like, because in, in that type of seller's market, I talked about this many times on the show in the past few weeks, Strom's value undoubtedly is at the highest it's ever been since he's been on the trade block. And with this being a seller's market, you know, maybe two picks could have been a, a realistic option for Dylan Strom, maybe a second and a third, maybe a second and a fourth. Like I, I just, if there's concerns about his future, you know, I would have liked to see them maybe be a little bit more aggressive because I, I'd assume if they stuck, if they stuck with him through the deadline, they're at least going to be willing to give him, you know, maybe a one-year contract offer in the offseason to kind of give him more time and more of like a sample size to see what he's made of. Um, so that was a little bit confusing to me, like just kind of like Kubalik and Dahan, you know, why not get assets in return for them right now when uh, there's still question marks about their futures. So again, maybe Kyle Davidson wasn't getting exactly what he wanted for Strom, even though it was a seller's market. And that kind of is a little hard for me to believe. Um, that's really the only thing I can think of, you know, is that he wasn't getting exactly what he wanted for Stromer or 
he wants to give Strom the remainder of the season uh, to kind of maybe prove himself further and maybe keep that value as high as possible heading into the offseason where uh, Davidson is going to have to make a final decision on what to do with Dylan Strom going forward. That's really the only things I can be thinking of at this point. So uh, we'll see what happens with Stromer moving forward, but uh, it, it seems to be his future seems to be remaining as muddy as ever as we begin to start approaching the summer. All right, there are some thoughts on the comments made by Calvin DeHaan and Dylan Strom to the media yesterday. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to get into a couple of updates on a few Blackhawks prospects that are taking part in the NCAA college tournament. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And I know we're getting closer to April, but I've been able to stick to my resolution thanks to Built Bar because. Built Bar, you can get the best of both worlds right now. Delicious and healthy. And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, you're seriously missing out on some of the best tasting protein bars out there on the market with incredible flavors. You're going to have a hard time choosing which one you want to eat. They got churro marshmallow. They got banana cream pie. It's actually unbelievable that these protein bars are less than 200 calories and all have 18 to 20 or more grams of protein. So either way that you choose, Built Bar is going to make it easier to stick to your resolution going forward through the remainder of the year because they taste so good. You're going to actually want to eat them. Unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, dry, or even just kind of taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15, one word, LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three today with the Blackhawks season being all but lost at this point. Don't even talk to me about the playoffs. That's been gone for months now. Um, I wanted to start talking on the show more and more about a couple of prospects and hopefully future players down the road for this franchise. And in particular for today's show, I wanted to get into some updates on a couple of players that are going to be taking part in the NCAA college hockey tournament. First off, defenseman Wyatt Kaiser, who was a third-round pick of the Blackhawks back in 2020. He had quite the tournament last year as a freshman, including uh, a 60-minute game. You heard me right. He played over 60 minutes in a game thanks to triple overtime. Uh, And really, as an 18-year-old right out of high school hockey, really put on quite a show to kind of uh, insert himself as a top defenseman for Minnesota Duluth at quite a young age. Uh, But Kaiser and Duluth, they're back in the tournament once again this year. They're going to be taking on Michigan Tech tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central Time. And I'm expecting Kaiser to, you know, throughout the tournament, whether it's just this one game, hopefully not. um, But I'm expecting him to continue to play a massive role for the Bulldogs as he has down the stretch of the season for UMD. And recently, in a game on Sunday against Western Michigan, I believe it was either Saturday or Sunday, uh, I don't know if you've 
seen this highlight yet, folks. If you haven't done so yet, literally just go on Twitter and type in Wyatt Kaiser because he scored an unreal goal, forcing a turnover uh, or uh, scooping up a loose puck into the neutral zone and then kind of driving it into the zone, going forehand, backhand, past the tendy. I mean, for a defenseman to score that type of goal, you're like, wowza. Wyatt Kaiser is looking really good. Um, so, you know, I, I think um, he's just going to continue to to prove Blackhawks fans that he's got a high ceiling one day, uh, not only with, you know, a good offensive skill set. He's got, you know, he's not a pure goal scorer. That was kind of just one nice clip of his. He's a good point man on the power play. But all in all, in that game against uh, Western Michigan, I mean, he was everywhere. He's got an active stick. He knows where to be in the defensive zone. He's good on the outlet passes, helps on uh, the rushes in transition. I mean, he's quietly just continuing to prove himself as one of the top, if not the top defenseman prospect in the Blackhawks organization right now. He's still kind of raw, only being 19 years old and uh, only just a sophomore, definitely needing to add on some weight before making the jump to the professional level. But again, the seam, the ceiling seems to be pretty darn high for Wyatt Kaiser. And uh, I'm definitely excited to see him play major minutes for Minnesota Duluth in this tournament. If there's one college hockey game that you you need to watch tomorrow, folks, when the tournament kicks off, it's definitely Wyatt Kaiser in Minnesota Duluth playing. Uh, who does it? They're playing West. No, 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 no. I forget who they're playing. Michigan Tech. They're playing Michigan Tech at 2 p.m. Central Time tomorrow. So definitely, if you want, if you had to pick one of these games to check out, it's that one because I expect Wyatt Kaiser to be playing a massive role once again. Uh, and then a couple of other prospects to keep an eye on. A couple other Blackhawks prospects to keep an eye on in this tournament are Landon Slager and Ryder Rolston of Notre Dame, who have a first round matchup against Jonathan Taze's alma alma mater in North Dakota. And Slager. Uh, Something I haven't been able to mention recently on the podcast with all that's been going down is uh, he was actually in honorable mention for the all Big Ten team as a sophomore, where he put up 24 points in 38 games played, which, you know, for a sophomore that's still solid, maybe wasn't the progression we were hoping for after uh, we saw Slager put up 22 points in 25 games as a freshman. Um, but I still think he's got an NHL future down the road. It's probably middle to bottom six more likely. Uh, but this is another big opportunity for him to showcase his stuff. And he's been getting plenty of those recently, not only with Notre Dame, but also playing for Team USA as well. Um, and then for Rolston, he's really an intriguing prospect who uh, kind of has been on the rise this season as well. Um, you know, he's. I've read a lot about his speed being high end, and that's probably his biggest asset. And while as a freshman, he really didn't chip in all that much offensively, he made a massive uptick in that area this year. He had 27 points in 36 games, a major leap. Uh, so keep an eye on those two prospects as well for the Blackhawks going forward in this tournament. I believe they play tomorrow as well, as I said, against Notre Dame. And then two other prospects for the Blackhawks. These are probably considered lower level prospects at this point though, are Slava Demon, who is a defenseman for UMass, and then Connor Kelly, who is a forward for Minnesota Duluth. Uh, Kelly was a seventh round pick of the Blackhawks in the 2021 NHL draft, this past year's NHL draft. Uh, really hasn't done that all that much. He's been a bottom six guy for Minnesota Duluth. Um, and then uh, for Demon, he was acquired actually as part of the 
Robin Leonard trade a couple of years back, but uh, he's currently a senior and really has not done all that much in his four years of college hockey. I honestly don't know if the Blackhawks are even going to give him a contract at this point. Um, But it's definitely cool to see the Blackhawks have five prospects that have made it to the NCAA tournament. And I think you all should definitely be watching this. I don't care if you're uh, not a huge fan of college hockey. Uh, It's a good idea so you can get just a a better understanding of each of these players who could be suiting up for Chicago one day, especially with the Blackhawks season all being uh, all but lost at this point as we're heading down the stretch. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, March 23rd's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and check out Locked On Blackhawks for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, also go and check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast as host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter, at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's stay hot over the Ducks this season. Let's finish up with the series sweep. And thanks again for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.